The scripture reading this morning is again John 3, 1 through 21. And yes, we read it last week. And guess what? We're reading it again because, yeah, you can do it more than once. So sit back, listen to the words, and hear what God speaks to you. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, you know that you are a teacher who has come from God, and no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered to him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after growing old? Can you enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that what I said to you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel? and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you did not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And yet, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is judgment, that the light has come into the world and the people have loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come from the light, so it may be seen clearly that their deeds have been done 
and God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, good morning. We're going to start a new series today talking about getting unstuck. The idea is that sometimes what's gotten us here won't get us any further. But sometimes we have to think about faith a little bit differently. We have to be willing to engage and recognize as we grow. I don't know about you, but quarantine was a big change, right? I, I, I went from sabbatical for uh, 12 weeks choosing not to be around other people. And then I encountered a global pandemic, which I wasn't allowed to be around other people. The little extrovert inside me went, <sighs> and also all of the usual supports that I enjoy in terms of community changed. And so I wonder, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to embarrass yourself, but maybe your faith life had a little pause. Maybe you found yourself stuck. Maybe what used to work back pre-quarantine, it ain't working anymore. And now, usually, we, we do such a good job of putting on a good face and covering up our concerns that maybe, you know, you enjoy that face mask because people can't see exactly how stuck you are. It could be that there are people around you who are stuck. So I wonder, as we look at Nicodemus again, let's look at this as a man who has become stuck. Do you know anybody in your life who might say uh, some of these phrases, I'm spiritual, um, but I don't connect with any religion? Um, I, I don't believe in hell. People make their own hell. Religion is just a crutch for the weak. Bible's just a bunch of myths, and I don't believe there's a God. It, it, it could be that, that you might ascribe to some of those uh, statements. But let's be honest, a global pandemic, more than 100,000 people in our own country dead. You might wonder, what kind of game is God playing? It could make you get a little stuck in your faith. Now, our scripture passage today, uh, we'll be focusing on the first uh, part of it. Uh, ooh, I've been moving ahead here. I got to go back to where we were. So it, verse one, chapter three, now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, full stop. Nicodemus is, he's part of that ruling council of teachers. He's like the group that decides what all the Jews in Jerusalem are gonna be deciding. If you could take the Pope and divide him up into a council, Nicodemus is part of that council. He is a leader of the Jews. And Nicodemus comes to Jesus by, you should know this already because you've heard it before, by night. Now, it may be that he comes uh, at night to see Jesus because he's busy, right? I tried to make a joke of this last week and nobody laughed. I think it was because you're hiding behind your face masks. It's okay. Uh, 
um, so he comes at night. It could be because he's um, busy. It could be because a lot of things. I'm going to tell you why he comes. He comes because he's embarrassed. I mean, he's part of the bigwigs. And he even tries to offer an olive branch to Jesus by calling him rabbi or teacher. In those days, to be a rabbi, you had to have a, a piece of paper. You had to have some credibility. You had to have some credentials, kind of the kind of credentials that um, Josh Lemons and Paul Myler have and that Rhonda Taylor's getting, you know? And so when Nicodemus shows up, he is in charge of certifying the teachers. He goes ahead and says, teacher. But the reality is, is that Jesus has been causing trouble all through the last chapter. He has gone to a wedding and made wine. This is kind of a risky deal. Um, he has gone to the temple and made a mess, right? Remember, makes a whip of cords and begins to whip the animals and livestock and the money changers out of the temple. So Jesus is, um, he's a questionable figure. Nicodemus shows up and he's got a question for Jesus. He, he wants to figure out how all of this works. Let's go back to our scripture passage here. He says, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answers, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. And Nicodemus says to him, how can anyone be born after, being, after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? L let's stop right there. There's some silliness going on in these questions. I, I talked about that last week where um, Jesus is talking about how one must be sired by a father which is the, um, the idea of having God as father. And, and Nicodemus is saying, how do I climb back into my mother's womb? He uses that Greek word that talks about the actual biological uh, birth of a child through the womb of a woman. You could say, is Nicodemus being difficult? Or, or maybe you could say Nicodemus just doesn't get it. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't go, oh my goodness. And you say, you're part of the Sanhedrin. No, there's no embarrassment. There's no singling out. He just keeps talking. He keeps helping Nicodemus understand. He keeps working it so that Nicodemus begins, he even uses an example that every Jewish boy and girl would know about the lifting up of the serpent by Moses so that they might know what redemption looks like. I want you to kind of unpack this and get a, 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 a recognition that what begins to get Nicodemus unstuck is the welcoming, kind, patient, non-judgmental approach of Jesus. Think about that, right? Think about how we usually encounter people who are not Christians. When they ask a question, like, well, are Methodists a different religion from Baptists? Oh, my goodness, that's so funny. Uh, probably not the best thing for us to do, right? 
When we begin to realize that the people um, who are outside the church most often think of people inside the church as judgmental, hypocritical, anti-society, you name it. They just need a chance to encounter the person of Jesus in us. They need to get on the outskirts and look in, peek through the window and notice that we are all sinners looking for the Lord. That what people need is not singling out and pushing away, but rather this kind opportunity this non-judgmental, patient response. You know, as we think about the way in which the disciples encountered Jesus, if we go to John chapter 1, uh, verses 41 and 42, you see that the way the disciples encountered Jesus, um, you know, the first thing Andrew did upon really getting a picture of Jesus is he goes and finds his brother and says, we found the Messiah, come and see. Now that's a strange thing these days. I don't know how many of you have had an opportunity to invite people to come and see Jesus, but notice that when Andrew feels like he has found the answer, he goes and gets Simon. And does he require Simon to join a membership class to uh, donate 10%? Does he require him to show up at Sunday school classes and to uh, do certain things? No, he says, just come and see, come and see. But sometimes when we get stuck on the outside of faith, when we get stuck uh, in a place where we can't understand what God is, when we get stuck in a place where God has, we have attributed to God some of the things that have happened into our lives, that we get frozen, we get shut out. We've lost the opportunity to let God make a difference in our lives. We've lost the opportunity to hear what God is saying through scripture because the Bible must be a bunch of myths and fables. That we lose the opportunity to hear the people around us speaking about the good of Jesus because we've just been overwhelmed by becoming stuck. You can see as Nicodemus and Jesus continue to talk Um, Nicodemus is getting more and more of an idea. If you want a good contrast between Nicodemus and Jesus, go to uh, chapter four and look for the Samaritan woman by the well. You see, Nicodemus has all of the credentials. He's got all of the privilege. He's got all of the power. He should be able to get this without Jesus's help. At least that's what he thinks he should. And the woman at the well... Well, you know that story. She comes at noon. Jesus shows up. Uh, they're both trying to avoid people, but for different reasons. And, um, you know, he, she says, can I get you some water? And, and he says, if you knew who I was, I'd give you, you know, you'd ask for the water of life. You know, uh, Jesus starts asking uh, the woman at the well, where's your husband? You know, which is an interesting question because, you know, she doesn't have one. I mean, she's had some, which is probably not the right idea. Um, For in every way, in that conversation, there was no reason for Jesus and the woman at the well to be at the same place at the same time with no one else around. 
But yet, Jesus offers her an opportunity for salvation, and the woman gets it. The woman doesn't say, huh? Do I have to climb back into my mother's womb? No. She says, oh, my people have worshiped on this mountain for a long time. We worship the one God as well. How is that like your God? Do you see, she, she naturally picks it up because there is a kind, non-judgmental, patient welcome for her to get unstuck. She has every reason to not trust Jesus. She's trusted men before, and they've walked out on her. She's trusted the power structure before, and it's abused her. I mean, that's why she's there at noon in the heat of the day getting water. If you want to do a little, little Bible study and pour into this, notice the difference between the Samaritan woman and Nicodemus. You know, so Nicodemus takes a step closer. He takes a step closer and it changes his life. When Jesus goes before uh, Pontius Pilate and the Sanhedrin for a, a real just jury-rigged uh, trial, it's Nicodemus that says, give him a fair one, guys. Come on, give him a fair one. That when Jesus is um, taken down from the cross dead and they're looking for a place to bury him, it is Nicodemus who goes in with Joseph of Arimathea to buy the land so that Jesus might be buried. I mean, imagine the change. In three years, from the man who couldn't get it, even when Jesus explains it, to the man who risks his career, his reputation, and some of his cash to make sure that the slain Messiah has a place to lay his head. It's a powerful moment, and it begins with Nicodemus taking a step forward, taking a step and asking a question, Taking a step, asking a question, and Jesus not ridiculing him, giving him an opportunity to learn and grow. Who are the people around you who just need to take another step? How can you encourage them? You can encourage them by making sure you don't guffaw when they ask you a question. You can encourage them by not railroading them into church. I mean, I get it, right? Mother's Day, Father's Day, Easter, right? You know, there's always more people. And I know they're here under duress because you told them. Just be careful when you do those things, right? Think about how you can help them get unstuck by being ready to be welcoming, not by pushing them into a welcome. I think everybody wants a place to belong. I think everybody wants to know that church is a place for them. I think everybody really wants to know that they can ask a question, seek knowledge, and get a loving response. It's powerful when we let people outside the doors interact with us in meaningful ways. It's powerful when we show our best foot forward, our best face, when caring for the wounded people around us. It's amazing. It's amazing how unstuck Nicodemus gets. If you're feeling a little stuck, come journey with me over the next three weeks. We'll take a different biblical character each week, and we'll talk about how they got stuck, 
And then we'll talk about things that they did to get unstuck. And we'll invite God to help us get unstuck as we journey to the heart of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.